The Carolina Panthers did a little number on the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night football in a division that nobody wants to win in the <laughs> NFC South. Is it time to see Desmond Ritter with the Atlanta Falcons, or should they stick with Marcus Mariota? And we'll make the rest of our picks for week 10 of the NFL schedule. And some very interesting comments from Joe Thomas about the hiring of Jeff Saturday for the Indianapolis Colts as well. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts... Now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Get your Twitter questions in there for us next week. If you're watching football and you think, ah, I got something here for Peacock and Williamson, shoot us a, a message there, tag us on Twitter, or drop a comment on YouTube as well to get involved in our mailbag segment next week. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. And thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 25-15 was the final. Carolina Panthers with the late field goal to uh, put that game out of reach against the Atlanta Falcons. The 4-6 and six Falcons now had an opportunity to take hold of first place in the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers now at three and seven, only a game behind being in first place in the NFC South, which is hard to believe for a team that's three and seven right now. So Panthers showing some times of some signs of life with PJ Walker at quarterback uh, and the Falcons kind of coming back down to earth a little bit, you know, kind of just being the team we thought they were a little bit more winning some games, losing some games and. What my big takeaway from this game, and we'll talk a little bit about what could change with these teams going forward, but my big takeaway from this game is the Panthers kind of doing to the Falcons what the Falcons have been doing to the rest of the league when they got their first four wins of the season and kind of surprised some people by how well they had played so far. Just trying to play a little bit of defense and playing a lot of keep away, running the heck out of the football. 47 carries for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> and they were successful carries. Sometimes you see 47 carries and it's like, you know, two and a half, three yards per carry. This is 4.9, almost five yards per carry on those 47, 232 yards total on the ground from a number of ball carriers for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, 31 of them by Foreman. I mean, what a story yeah. he's been. He looks great. He's a no-nonsense guy. Chenault with a big play, but Foreman was basically the entire offense. Uh, good for Coach Wilkes. You know, I'm sure interim head coaches are going to be a topic this week, and Good for Coach Coach Wilkes. They're a better football team with him in the in the controls. I like seeing that. Now for the negative. Weather was bad. Thir as you guys know, I think Thursday night football is bad. These teams, pretty bad. <laughs> Walker, bad. Mariota, worse. Um, some coaching decisions, bad. Like, this makes me crazy. You're losing. You're the Atlanta Falcons. There's 2.30 in the clock left in the game. So you have 30 seconds before the two-minute warning. They Instead of running three or four pass plays, they run the ball for two yards. Clock tick, 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 tick. Then they throw a pass to get it down to 158. The clock stops. Like, you could have had four plays there. You get two. I, I mean, like, some of that stuff makes me crazy. 
I think Mariota might have been a double agent last night. I mean, some of his decisions were <laughs> unbelievably bad. It's, I feel bad for Marcus Mariota because now forever, I think probably forever, more than everything he did at Oregon, uh, being the number two pick in the NFL draft. When you think of Marcus Mariota, what you're going to see is him rolling around on the ground, chucking the ball up in the air. It's like, what <laughs> are you doing? That 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 is, doing? that is that is an, an all time blooper reel shot there. Yeah, and again, kudos to Foreman and Wilkes and the defense as a whole. The Panthers have some talent. I don't think they're one of the worst teams in the league. I actually think they're more talented than Atlanta, to be very mm -hmm. honest with you. Um, but I do think the league is quickly figuring out the Falcons, and it might be Desmond Ritter time soon. I mean, this nonsense with Pitts and London's production this year is intolerable. Like, if I was the owner of the Falcons, I would walk down to the head coach's office and say, why did we take these two six, five freaks receivers if they're never going to touch the ball? You know, yeah. like, I, I just don't get it. And and there's definitely a disconnect between uh, general manager and head coach. It, you know, when be. you see that, when you see Drake London at least getting five catches, but what we've seen from Kyle Pitts this year and, and what kind of a weapon he could be. I mean, and Mariota missed him a few times. I mean, at least yeah, he had eight yeah. targets, but wow. Yeah, he'd had eight targets, only two catches. Right. Um, I mean, he, and one of his catches was the first drive of the game. It was like the second play or something like mm -hmm. that. He got one more catch the rest of the game. Um, so that definitely has to change. Um, I, it, This reminds me a little bit. Do you remember last year, the game where Mac Jones only attempted three passes, but the yeah, in the Patriots win. beat the the Bills. Bills. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of how this game was with PJ Walker. He, I mean, he's exactly. attempted a lot more passes, sixteen, but ten of sixteen, hundred yards passing. You know, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. It was like, yeah, we're, we're just we're going to take the ball out of our quarterback's hands, which is probably smart because when you saw the quarterback's hands on the other side uh, with the with the Falcons, who had to throw the ball thirty times, it went a lot worse. So Much. you know, weather obviously playing a factor in it, and they, the Panthers running the ball just as well as they had when they had Christian McCaffrey, which is really strange. And it's not me saying that they're better off because they traded away Christian McCaffrey. No, but it's, it's a just, different style though. Yeah. Di very different style. And, yeah. and maybe forcing them to play a, a brand of ball. They should be playing with their personnel potentially. Yeah. Right? Maybe that's a good way of looking at it is a lot of inventions in the history of the world were by accident. Well, or by necessity, or, you know, you find things right. out because you're starving. Should I eat this berry or not? You know, well, you got yeah. nothing else, but they yeah, have the These berries are delicious. <laughs> right, right. We'll see what happens tomorrow, but, you know, right. And um, that's how we got blueberry pie. Exactly. And there were some that probably didn't go so well. You know, right. let's eat this, whatever, and it didn't go so good. Um, but, yeah, and so we don't have a whole lot else. Let's give the ball to our downhill running back, mix in a little chuba, sprinkle in a little chenault, throw a pass here and there when the weather's okay to more and those guys and maybe build something after the game. Uh, and Arthur Smith it is tough when you're a head coach and you've got it like until you're ready to make a move, you can't even act like you could potentially go to the backup quarterback. Right. And I think, right, right, right. I think coaches sometimes do. And I've been critical of the 49ers with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance thing. It's like this. When you have two quarterbacks, you have none, especially with the outside. And even if you're in the building and you're kind of sealed off from the rest of the world, you think things are going a certain way. Um, you just can't have that idea out there. It's bad. So for Arthur Smith to say that he, he was asked after the game, is it time for Ritter? Did you think about putting in Ritter? It's like flat out, no, mm. period, no. And that's kind of how you have to be. But secretly behind the scenes, they have to be thinking about going to Ritter at this oh, point. Yeah. Because you're four and five, and even the Falcons, you know, doing a good job 
playing better than expected. They're not going to go win a Super Bowl or something like that. You got to figure out a little bit with with what's going on with your quarterback. The last part of developing a quarterback in the NFL is letting them play. He's had an opportunity to sit and watch for half a season. To me, it's a no-brainer. You got to go to Desmond Ritter at some point soon, and maybe after this game is it. But at some point, you you know, like – 100% you have to go to Desmond Ritter. It's not even if you don't want to, and even if you think you might get worse. Yeah. The rest of it doesn't matter. 100% true. At least at least audition him to see if he has a chance. You know, mm-hmm. that if it's between should I reach for a quarterback in the first round or take Will Allen or the defensive tackle from Georgia? Well, I at least want to see one more year Ritter give me the defensive player. You know, at least have that knowledge. Um I mentioned uh, Mariota was close to unwatchable last night. And I kept thinking to myself, this is this the game you put in Ritter? But if you think about it from a perspective of it's a short week on the road, I promise you Ritter took zero snaps with the ones this week. Oh, no, but, yeah. This yeah, wasn't you the can't game do it this week. The, the next game is but the, the one. The next one you can. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Nice mm-hmm. long week. Hey, Desmond, why don't you get there behind center and see how that goes? And selfishly, Matt, I would like to see uh, Kyle Pitts in my Locked On Dynasty Oh, yeah. League, right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm taking you on this week, but it'd be cool to see Kyle Pitts get a dozen targets and, and catch 10 balls and two touchdowns. Right. Uh, and, and I've got I, I think I've got as much Kyle Pitts stock as as I do of any player in all of my fantasy. Leagues. Oh, I did. That's been a frustration for me. And uh, I think part of that is because of of Mariota. Um, and part of it is also because I don't know what's going on with that offense. They're just running the heck out of the football. But mm-hmm. again, like you mentioned, um, what are you building there? Let's let's. It's and it's hard for a head coach too. And we're going to actually talk more about head coaching and things later with with some of the comments that Joe Thomas made about what's going on with the Indianapolis Colts and his his experience and and what it takes to be a head coach. You're trying not to get fired. So what's better for the franchise? It might not be what's better for the head coach. And right. then that's a that's big a, problem too for the Falcons. That's I mean I'm sure that's an issue in every sports you know building in the in the world you know we think and just win now and that's all that matters try to squeak out this win versus carolina with mariota but not really build for the future weighing that versus what's best for this organization and that's why sometimes you know scouts and gms you know bat, you know cl- clash with coaches because they both yeah. have somewhat different agendas and my last note on the marcus mariota desmond ritter thing desmond ritter played a whole lot of football in college he should be more ready than uh, a lot of the quarterbacks and a lot of rookie quarterbacks you see, especially now with how early some guys come out, uh, I have a feeling he would be a lot more comfortable playing quarterback, even if he had to change things up. And, and you know, he, of course, he's not going to be as ready and know as much about NFL football as a, a guy who's been in the league for eight years. But he's he should be on paper. The reason you drafted him is probably because you think he's got a head on his shoulders, mm-hmm. played a lot of football, should be able to come in and, and make some plays and, you know, has some athleticism. And to be honest with you, physically he's not too much different from Marcus Mariota anyway. Right. That's a good point. I mean, on his scouting report, report some of the positives are mature, experienced, hard worker, smart, you know, so nobody adapts quickly, but I mean, he'll adapt quicker than maybe Malik Willis or, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we've <laughs> seen Malik Willis uh, already start games in the NFL by necessity, not because they wanted him to. All right. Uh, next, let's make some more picks for our week 10. We've already did our six pack yesterday. So about half of the games yesterday, we made our previews and picks for let's preview and make picks for the rest of the week 10 schedule and get into some of these comments from Joe Thomas that I think are fascinating, not only about what's going on with the Indianapolis Colts and choosing Jeff Saturday to be their head coach, but also just the entire industry of the NFL and coaching in the NFL and the time spent by coaches 
in the NFL. A lot of takeaways uh, on those comments from Joe Thomas next. LinkedIn Jobs. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And I know I've you know had a million jobs in my life and when I'm looking for jobs and, and trying to find my way through where to go to find these jobs and and I've been a hiring manager of places where you put the the the, the ads out to find your new employees, well, why not go to the place that has 800 million people already there in the network at LinkedIn, right? And you don't need to interview 800 million people, right? But all you do is you you add your job to the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile if you are uh, a hiring business, and that spreads the word to the people in your network that you're hiring. And then simple tools will weed out exactly who you want to interview and who you don't, like screening questions. Make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why LinkedIn uh, jobs and small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering high-quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Matt. Let's move along here to the rest of the games on the Week 10 schedule. And there's there's a number of, and, and you know, just on paper, you look at some games, and, and I know first place in the NFC South was up for grabs on Thursday Night Football, but I think most fans probably are like, eh, Falcons-Panthers, that's not really a right. great one. It's kind of a lot of those on the schedule, and we've talked yeah, about Yeah, there have two, been for two weeks now. But um, how about, how about, the oh shoot now i lost where i was on the, here we go how about browns and dolphins here mm, I think uh, that's a good one, one yeah. of these one of these two teams is over 500 in the miami dolphins and I, I think you know some hiccups early in the season with the tua stuff but man right now the way Tua's is playing i think he might be the number one graded quarterback in the nfl at this point in the season like things are going great for the the miami dolphins things not going as well for the cleveland browns but matt we're getting pretty darn close to Deshaun Watson time and it's kind of something I had forgotten about with the Browns but we're at week 10 and uh they're at three and five I don't think the Browns are necessarily in it but I wonder if the 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 roster the team even Jacoby Brissett looking over his shoulder the coaching staff you think they're looking ahead to okay let's see what the Deshaun Watson era looks like with the Cleveland Browns yeah I mean all of his off-field stuff aside I'm excited about it you know I mean obviously they've invested a ton in it it's right around the corner um, I do think it's going to give the team a jolt. I don't think it'll be enough to get them in the playoffs. But if they would get this win, maybe I'll start to warm up to that. These teams are sort of similar, not how they go about playing, but much, much better on offense than defense, both these teams. I mean, these are two of the top seven or eight offenses in the league. I mean, you mentioned Tua and his efficiency. Tyree Kill might be having a better season than Cooper Cup did last year. I mean, like he's averaging on a per-game basis – He's right there with Calvin Johnson, who set the record for yardage, you know, that, that year. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Tyreek Hill, this is week 10. It's insane. So yeah, Nine weeks in the books. Tyreek Hill already has 76 catches and 1,104 yards. Yeah, it's not even Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, crazy. like yards per route run. 
he has like broken the system. It's like at four. If you're a two, you're good. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you kill to be a two. He's like at four. I mean, every time he runs a route, he gains another yard more than the best players in the league. I don't think the Browns have an answer for him. I expect a lot of fireworks here, but I also don't think the, the Miami run defense is able to really slow down Chubb. So I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Uh, I don't know what to do on the spread, though. I wish it was not three and a half. I'm going to still take Miami. I mean, if it was less than a field goal, it'd be too easy, I think. Yes. Miami. Uh, but I'm still going Miami here at home. Three and a half. They're just a better football team. have played a lot better football. But I will say for the Cleveland Browns, three and five. So you're two games under 500. Can they get a win here? Can they get Deshaun Watson? Like, just picture this. You you win a couple of games. Deshaun Watson, week 12, you're 500. Right, right, right. That's, okay. That's, that's gotta got be a, got a shot. Or you could be four games under 500 and then say, oh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with this team. Right, but, right. Um, season not quite lost for a lot of these teams with only three wins going into week 10, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a shot to to do something this year. This is, a, this is a wild season. It's a chaotic season and parody reigns in the NFL. I think maybe this season more than ever, Matt. It sure seems that way. I mean, I'm not hoping for it, but it'd make me feel better about my preseason evaluations if teams like the Falcons that we just talked about before start to come back to reality and teams like the Browns are, you know, more mediocre or better like we thought they would be, you know? And I think that's still in the cards. Second half of the season is going to be a lot different than the first. Yeah, and it's, and we'll start to learn a lot about some teams and some teams really get their midseason legs under them and then mm-hmm. good teams playing better, bad teams sort of falling off and playing worse. That's the idea anyway. How about the Denver yeah. Broncos? Which way are they going to go? Again, just like the Browns, three and five. What the heck is this football team? The Tennessee Titans. Could they rebound? Uh, I mean, it's and possible. And this is where okay, this is where Mike Vrabel is probably coach of the year candidate stuff. There's a oh, lot of coach so. of the year candidates, but for the Titans right now to have started Malik Willis, the most rock quarterback we've seen in a while, and they're five and three right now. Like if you said, hey, Malik Willis is going to start games by halfway through the season, you'd think, oh my gosh, the Titans are probably going to be in trouble this year. They lost, um, they lost. They're one of their best pass rushers before the season started, right? Harold Landry was, yeah, out. right, right. And uh, but Derrick Henry's doing Derrick Henry things. They're back to their old style of playing good defense and running the heck out of the ball. Titans are five and three right now, and just in command of the AFC South. Yeah, I mean, this is a, kind of the opposite of what we just talked about. Two pretty darn good defenses, especially Denver's. Two questionable offenses. Tennessee's making it work much better than Denver. I've been really hard on Denver, and I don't take any of that back, but I could see the offense getting a little more respectable in the second half of the season, but I don't see many points in this game at all. I mean, these are going to be two physical defenses. I think they're going to bottle up Wilson. Don't let him out of the pocket at all. Um, Three-point line in a low-scoring game, though. I think I'll take Denver in the points in a field goal type of game. Yeah, the over-under is only 39 in this yeah, game. Yeah. So, you know, everyone expects this to be low scoring and it could be well below that even. And uh, that that's the problem with the Titans is it's like, okay, you held the other team to 17, but can you score more than 17? That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it might be first one to 17 wins or first one right. to 20 wins. That's why it, I wanted it, the points, but I like what we saw against the, uh, the Chiefs last week. But if you can hold the Chiefs to 17 through four quarters, you know, can you hold the Broncos to nine? 10 and we've seen the Broncos do that multiple times this year so yeah this is one of those games it's going to be low scoring which makes you want to kind of take the points but I'm still going to take the Titans and think they're going to win this one by a field goal um just because of the way that Derrick Henry's playing because of the way the defense Mm -hmm. is playing right now but 
you know, Nathaniel Hackett, first time head coach, new quarterback. We were talking about how things might normalize the second half of the year. Maybe the Broncos is that team that, okay, finally we've got some right. things moved out. Come, coming off the bye, you know, I mean, you can make some excuses for them. You know, I mean, it's been ugly, but again, I mean, I, I always talk about this with the Steelers. You know, the I do expect the second half of the season to be better than the first. And uh, they, there's probably 10 teams that could fit that mold. The Chiefs are hosting the Jaguars this week, Matt, and the line is around nine and a half points. I feel like this is, should be one that's a little higher because in recent weeks, we've seen some really big lines. I'm kind of surprised that the Chiefs aren't favored by you know 12 points in this game because I can't imagine people are putting a lot of money on the Jacksonville Jaguars at three and six at the six and two Kansas City Chiefs. Mm, I'm going to take the points. I, Ooh. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence has really struggled in the red zone, but this offense in Jacksonville moves the ball pretty consistently. And I don't think the chiefs are a, a great defense. I saw some stuff today that they're really bad against slot receivers. This could be a good Kirk game. ATN looks like a star in the making. I expect the over here. Uh, I think Mahomes lights these guys up, but I'll take nine and a half on the road. I I'm hoping, and this is really putting the cart before the horse, but I, if we see a classic Lawrence versus Mahomes duel, maybe we can throw in yet another AFC young quarterback in the mix of, boy, these guys are going to face off for the next 10 years and cause problems for the rest of the league. I saw a stat, and unfortunately I don't have it in front of me what exactly it was, but it was uh, to the tune of explosive runs in the NFL this year. And Travis Etienne yeah. was either one and two in the NFL in explosive runs. And the other guy who was either one or two, I can't remember which way it was, was – Bears quarterback, Justin Fields. Ah, there you go. Okay. So, uh, and, and both these guys ripping off runs with, um, you know, 20 plus miles per hour. And it was mm -hmm. just, it was pretty crazy to see that. Um, and it was more of a, a Justin Fields stat than a, than an ATN stat because we already knew ATN is explosive and, and a great runner and, and, you know, fast and all those things. And, you know, he, he's coming into his own this year in year two for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But with Justin Fields, like with him being a quarterback, and throwing up twenty plus mile per hour runs and all these oh, explosive man. runs, that was like okay. So you you're AT, you're Travis ATN when you're running the ball, and then you're a quarterback the rest of the time, which it's is pretty, which is pretty wild. Very impressive. Uh, my other takeaway from that would be those two have the most explosive runs in the league, but they're not near the top of the league in carries. Yes, right. You know, and nor should they be. No, right. And, of course. Yeah, and, and so I think they're using Travis ATN in uh, in a nice little. A nice little way here, but I don't have a lot of faith in the Jaguars. Liked them a lot earlier in the year and showing a lot of warts. Give me the Chiefs in a blowout here. Okay, okay. I think they keep it close, and Lawrence might be turning the corner. We got Texans, Giants, uh, Colts, Raiders coming up on the schedule. Cardinals, Rams. Is Matthew Stafford going to play in this football game? And the comments from Joe Thomas uh, about those Colts in the hire of Jeff Saturday. Coming up next. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen today on the Locked On Podcast Network. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So Kelly Stafford, not happy, Matt, um, about the, the turf in the NFL. And for her husband banging her head on the turf and he goes into concussion protocol late in the week. It might be Wolford. It might be Stafford at quarterback for the Rams. Sure. That changes things. Just not knowing is probably pretty tough here to decide who you want to, you know, put your money on in this game as the 
three and five already disappointing Rams are hosting the three and six Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, this is a one and a half point spread. The Rams are favored at home, but they don't have a great home field advantage. Not that Arizona fans are going to flood Los Angeles for this game. I don't know if anybody gets blocked in this game. I mean, both these offensive lines are not great at all, especially the Rams. Cardinals are a very blitz-happy team. Do they have to blitz in order to, to win this game? I just don't have much faith in the Cardinals, but you would think that there's going to be points scored. I mean, there's weapons here, the Cups and Hopkins and all these guys. I would think heavy passing scripts for both. I'm taking the Rams because I like their coach better. I'm going to take the points here and go with the Cardinals. But, man, seeing like in hard knocks, I haven't been watching a lot of hard knocks, but I've seen enough stuff, and I've seen enough stuff watching the games with the Cardinals. Like, just seems like dysfunction. And apparently the Cardinals are ready to trade away DeAndre Hopkins at the deadline, even though seeing what he looked like with Kyler Murray and how much Kyler Murray probably needs DeAndre Hopkins, and they're arguing off the field when they come off the field. It's like, it just, I don't know. And and maybe seeing hard knocks and seeing, you know, an unfiltered in a microphone about, you know, in these guys' helmets and, and, and hearing those conversations that happen with every team on every sideline, maybe it just feels like it's more uh, it personalizes a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And maybe it just seems like there's a lot more going on in the Cardinals than there actually is compared to other teams, but it feels like dysfunction with the Cardinals right now. I've felt that for a couple of years. Right. Yeah. That it, it matches what you already think. It's sort of like when exactly. you look at EFF grades and you're like, well, that matches what I saw on the field. That's kind of what this mm-hmm. has been with hard knocks matching what you've seen on the field with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to taking the Rams here with or without Stafford, basically based on leadership. And like without Stafford, it's not like the Rams are like, okay, we're, we're just going to have to run the ball a lot today because they can't, no, they can't do that either. Right. So that's why I like the Cardinals. In this one. I hear you. I, I just wouldn't touch this one. I don't feel strong. Yeah. And I wouldn't touch it. Not knowing yet, you know, give me the Cardinals once we know Stafford's out for sure. Um, but man, it's not like they played well with Stafford either. No, no. The Houston Texans at one and six mm-hmm. are on the road in New York at the New York Giants, who are at six and two right now. Getting Kenny Galladay back, I almost forgot Kenny Galladay is a member of the New York Giants. It, <laughs> right? It's, I, has he been the the? He's like the worst signing in recent memory. I, yeah, I'm trying to think if anybody's made less of an impact. I'm sure there's been bigger money for players who maybe got hurt and didn't do a lot. And, you know, he's been banged up too, but like it was. But you can't blame injuries entirely. Right, exactly. It's been right. insane to see what he did in Detroit and then just completely disappear as a man. He doesn't have a touchdown yet as a member of the New York Giants. Oh, he's not, he's a ghost. He's totally non existent. Um, I think the Giants destroy them, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not a believer that the Giants are a contender, but I do think they're well coached. They're coming off a bye, and they run the football. I mean, between Saquon and Daniel Jones, I bet they get the 275 on the ground against this awful run defense. And Wink Martindale against a young quarterback and young offensive system, but he'll throw at them. I mean, I'm starting the Giants defense and fantasy if I can. I mean, I could see them scoring on that side of the ball. I just think that this is a coaching mismatch and rest mismatch. I think the Giants win this thing by like 10 and have like 40 minutes of possession. And then you throw in Kenny Galladay's first touchdown for the Oh, sure. And, and you got to blow out. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, Saqu- like basically knock on wood for Saquon Barkley to stay healthy this year for the Giants because uh, as long as he is, they're a tough team to play against. Uh, yeah. If he went down, I would be really worried about the New York Giants. But right now against the Texans, and you know, unfortunately, the Texans are just that team that every every team is glad to see. And when we saw, basically when you saw what they weren't able to do, even on a short week on Thursday night football at home, you know, that's, you can't even win those games. Then 
that's kind of an indicator there. So yeah, give me the New York Giants and four and a half points is enough to scare me away here. Yeah, I feel pretty confident about that one. Last game on the schedule, Matt. It oh, is boy. the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, no, excuse me. There's Monday Night Football as well. Commanders, Eagles. They let, let's go to that one first because I want to okay. finish with the with the Colts and, and Joe Thomas's comments uh, just for a second. But just real quick pick. I think it's probably pretty easy. Eagles over the Commanders. Eleven points scary off is the question on Monday Night Football. No, I'm going to lay the points in Philly. That crowd's going to be insane. You know, they're a much better team. I, I think the back half of the Washington defense is a problem. Um, I could see A.J. Brown blowing up. I'll lay the points in Philly Monday night, home field advantage in a big way. The Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders, Jeff Saturday's debut as head coach. And look, th this isn't a fantastic football game right now. Uh, we can make our picks, but I, I just want to highlight what Joe Thomas said on NFL Network today, this morning. And, you know, he said Jeff Saturday on Twitter. He said Jeff Saturday's a great human being. Not about him. He can command a room, but sure, there's a lot right. more to NFL coaching. He said, quote, it's the most egregious thing I can remember happening in the NFL. And I went one and 31 my last two years in the NFL. And he <laughs> that sums about, it up. Yeah. He talked about he lived next door to Rob Chudzinski, Cleveland Browns head coach that saw his kids one time a week. Yeah. I know exactly what area he lived in, too, because Courtney yeah. Brown lived in that neighborhood. Like everybody lived in the same neighborhood. The, the coaches have made a lot of money and the, and the high end players. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> Not the least. <laughs> this is a slap in the face, but just the hours that coaches put in, it's it's just insane. And so you got to go check out that rant. I just wanted to throw that out. Yep. I expect um, total dysfunction, getting plays in, all that stuff. I'm still taking the four and a half because I think the Colts D is good and the Raiders are not the most dysfunctional team in the league, but pretty they're knocking on the door if it wasn't for the Colts. Yeah, they've got Blake Martinez retires midseason. That's how bad things oh. are going. They released former first round pick, and man, what a disaster some of those draft picks were recently for the Las Vegas Raiders and showing itself on the field. And so I want to take the Raiders, but I can't because that's dysfunction as well. So yeah. um Jeff Saturday, first win as a head coach. Let's do it. Thanks everybody wow. for <laughs> making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. We will be back to break it all down after week 10, right here. Peacock and Williamson. <laughs> 